Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Everybody, thank you for joining me on Friday's interview. I am so excited to um, have you here this wonderful interview with Kelly and Curtis. Um, I have a friend named Therese and she has a daughter named Kelly. And when I went to visit Therese in the spring um, of this year, uh, Therese told me this beautiful story. And when I got her Christmas card last week, I realized the story completely came to fruition. And I wanted to reach out and talk to her daughter, Kelly, and her new husband, Curtis. So you guys are going to hear the story. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I just want to welcome Kelly and Curtis onto the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So Kelly, let's start with you. I would love if you could just tell a little bit about where you grew up, a little bit about your family dynamics and about your life leading up to before you came to know Curtis. Okay. So I'm Kelly. My maiden name is Writing, but now it's Nielsen. And I grew up in Troutdale, Oregon, which is just east of Portland. And I'm the oldest of six children. Um, my parents, um, Paul and Therese, moved there when I was three. And I grew up there until I went to college. Um, I am active LDS and did not get married until I was 43, which in the Mormon culture is old. <laughs> um, and so I have a lot of experience as a single member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I spent two decades, right, of my life going on a lot of first dates, um, dating a lots of different men, um, and acclimating to, and, and being happy, you know, choosing to be happy as a single person. Um, I attended great wards. I was on an amazing family ward um, in Salt Lake. So after so after growing up in, in Portland, you know, I went to, B to Ricks College and I went to BYU. I served a mission in Vienna, Austria, and I lived in several different places. Um, I lived in San Diego and I lived in Seattle. And then I moved to Salt Lake City in 2004. And I was there all the way up until I met Curtis. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about your life as a single sister in the church? Absolutely. Okay, so sh can you share, you know, how did you navigate that? Did you have times where you struggled and then you had moments where you're like, you know what, it's going to be okay. I'm going to make the best of it. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think as members of the church, we live in a very family oriented society um, and not even just in the church, right? I mean, in kind of our American culture is family oriented and you're expected to get married and have children. Um, and that, you know, every year, every decade, I thought it would happen for me and it just didn't. Um, I dated wonderful guys, had amazing experiences, had an amazing group of friends who are a great support system. Um, as we know, in the last recent or one of the most recent general conferences, we learned that there's more single members of the church, church. Yeah. than there are married. Um, and there are amazing singles out there. I think one thing... I wanted people to know when I was single is that I was a normal, capable human. <laughs> and just because I hadn't had that rite of passage of being married didn't mean that I wasn't competent. competent right. um, yeah. One time I had a calling in my family ward and someone mentioned like, oh, we didn't know they called single people to that calling. And uh, <laughs> so you have to navigate some difficult conversations like that or on Mother's Day, people say things and it all comes from a place of love. Um, and I totally realized that, uh, I decided a long time ago that I would choose to be happy. And I was able to do that. Um, I think throughout, I think throughout, you know, my whole life, <laughs> um, and did, something, really did something happen that made you make a conscious decision that I'm going to choose? Did you see somebody that you were like, you know, um, they seem kind of upset. I mean, miserable or whatever. Did you have a moment where there was a conscious choice that you made about being happy as a single sister? You know, I think I have lots of moments. Um, one that comes to my mind is I was actually home at Christmas time and my sisters are all married. And I remember we were sitting around the table with my sisters and my sister's husbands all came and massaged their shoulders. And I was like, oh, there's no one to massage my shoulders. And my dad, he's so cute. He came and massaged my shoulders. 
And you have just little moments like that where you're like, gosh, I could feel so alone, right? And feel so out of place, but I'm not. Like there's people around me who love me and, and it, it, it doesn't serve you well to be miserable all the time. And so, and you can be miserable in a marriage as well, right? You can be miserable in any situation. I talk to a lot of girls that life never goes the way you think it's going to for anybody, right? Even people who've been married for 50 years, people have been married for one. I mean, no matter what, just life never goes the way that you think it's going to. And so living in the moment and being, choosing happiness is, is something that I've strived to do. Oh, that's so great. Okay. Curtis, can you tell a little bit about yourself and about your life before you met Kelly? Yeah, I can. Um, so Curtis Nielsen, uh, I grew up mostly in, um, Burley, Idaho, most of my life. Um, Curtis, before, before you go on, I have to tell you something. I I grew up in Burley, Idaho. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yes. I lived out in the country on 500 South. Oh, okay. I went to Dwarshack elementary school Uh and my brothers uh, went to Burley high. And, um, did, did you go to, (laughs) sorry, we're in Burley high actually. Did you, (laughs) um, Mr. Swan, the swans, did you ever know Mr. Uh Swan? Okay. Uh, I didn't have him, but I knew who he was. Yeah. Well, he, they lived right down the road from us. So that's a great connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Burley's just, you know, I, I, it's amazing how many people you meet from Burley. So (laughs) I know whenever I'm talking to somebody, they're like, um, they'll say, well, where'd you grow up? I'm like, Burley. Oh, I have a sister-in-law. I have an aunt. I mean, everybody has a connection. I had a missionary Uh companion. I have, you know, my parents used to live there. It's really funny. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You grew up in Burley. (laughs) I grew up in Burley and I, uh, uh, I lived there. I'm the oldest of, uh, five kids and, uh, you know, I had normal parents, just, you know, everything. And I went a semester to Rick's and then I went on my mission to Connecticut. Um, and then I came home and went back to Rick's. Um, and, after a year going to Rick's, I met my late wife, uh, Melissa Bruder, and we got married in 2001. And from there, we went to Weaver State. Uh, I got a degree. I worked for Ford Motor Company in Detroit for a while. And then in 2008, I took a job back in Idaho with the Idaho National Laboratory. Um, and in the process of that, we had uh, our oldest child, um, Trinity. And then from 2008 to, uh, 2020, we had three more kids, uh, uh, Ivan, Daphne, and Victor. Um, and you know, pretty much like if you were to think like textbook, uh, LDS family, that's what, uh, we kind of look like. Um, and I would say everything was, quote unquote normal, you know, whatever normal looks like. Right. <laughs> um, and then in May of 2002, um, my wife was involved, my late wife was involved in an accident uh, where our neighbor uh, got, wasn't distracted driving. What she, did you say 2002? Sorry, 2020. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to correct that, but I just want to no. double check. <laughs> 2020, May of 2020. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, he was just distracted driving and Melissa had gone out for a walk and uh, it was dark that morning. It was like five 30 in the morning and swerved and hit her and, and killed her. Um, and, you know, it was a big trial for our family. And uh, we, there was, you know, for a while we were trying to figure out what, it looked like it was something completely unexpected it's nothing you never planned for and uh it was just interesting um so for the next i don't know what i guess eight nine months it was just trying to figure out hey what does everything look like and in the process of of that um you know i, I had to kind of reset well what are my priorities what what do, what do i want our family to look like what do i want to do and um, along the way, I, I, I realized, hey, you know, being a single parent <laughs> is not fun. And again, kind of like Kelly talked about being single in uh, our, our culture is, uh, is difficult. And um, I got to experience all that 
fun. <laughs> uh, but along the way, I decided, hey, you know what? Um, I don't like being alone. I like having a companion and, uh, and really, um, I decided, Hey, I'm going to go start trying to go date, you know? Um, and, uh, so I, uh, well, I don't know how much you want me to get into the story. Yes, how please. No, no, no. I want <laughs> give it all, give it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, nowadays it's not like when I was younger, you go to college and meet people, but um, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to try online dating and see how that works and tried one of the, the LDS related dating apps. And I did it for a few weeks and I hated it. <laughs> and, you know, being a single parent or working full time, had four kids, trying to juggle all these things. I, I just had one night after like um after having a bad experience with the the that whole dating experience I, I basically that night i prayed and i said hey you know what um if i'm supposed to get married again like i can't do the dating i don't have time for it i don't have patience for it just whoever i'm supposed to like marry just have them like i don't know fall into my lap or whatever and um so i kind of said the prayer and then for like the next three, four weeks, I just, you know, didn't worry about dating, just did my thing. Um, uh, you know, trying to take care of the kids, do work full time, juggle all that. And uh, this was, I, I would say that prayer was um, late September. Of 2020. Um, of 2020, yep. And um, then, um, I got a letter uh, from a tree's writing. <laughs> okay, C Curtis, can I ask you a couple questions first? Yeah. How did the People Magazine article come out? Who, uh, like, who contacted you? How did Therese find out about you from that art? Like, how did it all transpire? Yeah, great question. Um, so shortly after the accident and, um, well, the day of the accident, you know, I knew my neighbor and it was one of those things that like uh, right away he had, he'd had a lot of struggles and I knew that how hard it would be for him in this situation. And I had a very special experience during that time of the accident. And anyway, the, 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 the what resulted was a lawsuit uh, that the county had filed against my neighbor. And I basically testified uh, with my neighbor to, to not press charges with the county. So it was one of those things that, um, I don't know how People Magazine got a hold of me, but um, they had heard about it somewhere. And then uh, the author of the um, the article that eventually got put into People, she contacted me and said, "Hey, I want to do a story on uh, you know you and your family and your willingness to forgive your neighbor." Um, and so that had transpired, you know, not too long after uh, the accident. And so um, the author, she got everything pushed through and that article came out I think it came out early October something like that um in the people magazine so and um, you want to talk about how your mom can you that? yeah um Kelly can you tell what you <laughs> now yeah. now what you know what your mother did <laughs> yes I can so as any good mother, she wants her children to be happy. <laughs> and so um, she, my mom, the funny thing is my parents have never subscribed to any magazines. And my dad, for some reason, had gotten her People magazine. Um, and for whatever reason, that particular issue, she flipped through every single page, which she also has never done before. And Curtis's article is, was toward the back of the magazine. She saw it. And she immediately thought of her single daughter and thought, gosh, <laughs> Kelly would be, Kelly would be a, a, a good stepmother to these children and a, you know, a good second wife, you know, for, for Curtis. And she pursued to write a letter to Curtis, like a tight letter, put it in the mail and everything. She found his address online. Now, now <laughs> um, just so everybody knows, she didn't tell you though, right? No, no, no. She did not tell me. So she writes this letter. I find about this, I find this afterward, right? I find out about the letter. So she writes the letter uh, in October after the magazine came out. Mm -hmm. I, my parents 
at the time I was living in the Salt Lake area, my parents had moved to St. George from Oregon to St. George two years prior. My dad retired and, and moved down to St. George. And so I was visiting them a lot that fall because my sisters were all visiting and I wanted to see them. So my mom tells me we're on a morning walk. She denies this, but this, this really happened. <laughs> she, we're on an early a morning walk in Snow Canyon. And she says, Kelly, there's this People Magazine article. Now, mind you, she's already written a letter. She says, there's this People Magazine article and you need to read it. You'd be such a great stepmom to these kids. And I said, mom, you're out of your mind. It's People Magazine. It's Rigby, Idaho. Like I'm not even reading the article. So I didn't, I never, I mean, I wasn't rude about it, but I was just like, okay, mom, you're crazy. So I never read the article and she even, you know, I'd be at her house and she would slyly, uh, you know, push the article in my direction for me to read. And I just never read it. I was like, well, he sounds great, but you know, I'm not going to read it. And, um, so early December, um, well, before that, after I got the article, oh yeah, the it, letter, the letter. In the letter, sorry, um, from Therese, I read it and I honestly was floored because like that was quite literally an answer to my prayer. So can and, you tell Curtis what the letter said? Yeah, basically it said, Hey, uh, I'm Therese. Um, I read your article. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, and if I can be so bold, you should look up my daughter. Um, she's great with kids. Uh, she doesn't know that I'm writing this and she'd be super mad at me if I, she did. <laughs> um, and, and she just briefly talked about who Kelly was, you know, and I was just, like I said, I was just completely flabbergasted and like, wow, did I really just get that direct of an answer to a prayer? Um, so from there, that was for me, the letter came, I think, uh, late October. Um, from there, I, I, I was busy, right? I, I, as I'd said earlier, I had given up on the dating thing and said that prayer and was like, okay, I'm done, you know? And so from there, uh, from October uh, on, it was just kind of the same thing. I had that and I was like, okay, I'll get to it in a little bit, you know? Um, and then November was, uh, a rough month for our family because that was the six month uh, I'll say anniversary from when uh, my late wife's accident it also happened to be her birthday month November so there's just a lot of things going on emotionally and then we also got my family got COVID that month so <laughs> it was just a rough month and so basically I had the letter and because of all that stuff I didn't make contact with her for another six weeks after I got the letter so so I, early December, I am working at home because because of COVID, I worked at home um, and I get an email in my work email inbox. And at first I see it. I'm like, I don't know who this Curtis person is. I almost deleted it because I thought it was spam, but I read it and he said, hi, this is Curtis. You don't know me. I don't know you, but I received a letter from your mom. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I said, don't be mad at your yeah, mom. Yeah, don't be mad at your mom. So my mom, you know, had like, told me about this guy, wrote him this letter unbeknownst to me. He sits on it for six weeks and then sends me this email. And I was absolutely mortified. And so I actually called my mom just to be like, mom, what did you do? But she never answered the phone. And so then I actually didn't tell her for like a couple months or no, it was like a month, a month about yeah. a month because as a single person, you date, you date. And then you have to be like, oh, this one didn't work out. This one didn't work out. And you kind of, it hurts your heart a little bit to have that conversation over and over again. So you kind of protect things a little bit more, I think, at least I do. I, I did. And so I waited until I knew it was going to go somewhere before I told my parents. So he sends me the email. I'm dying inside. And I sent him a text that night, like hours later. Cause you know, you have to wait a little bit. <laughs> and I said, Oh my gosh, I'm mortified. I'm so sorry that my mom wrote you this letter. And we ended up texting a little bit that night. And then we were supposed to be working the next day, but I think we texted all day back and forth. Um, and then we ended up talking on the phone a couple of days later. And uh, so did you feel, did you feel a spark? Did you feel a spark from that email? And did Curtis, did you feel a spark from the texting? Yeah, I think the texting was great. I think the first time I had a conversation on the phone yeah. was really when I was like, oh, hey, you know what? She really does have you know, I can feel something with her or that she really is, has all the qualities that I'm looking for in a companion, so. And it was just a good instant connection. Like mm -hmm. we just talked really, really easily. 
it was like we were young, you know, these young 20 year olds again talking on the phone for hours. It was even though we're in our forties, you know? Um, and so we talked a lot and I was at my parents' house sometimes. So I was going down to St. George a lot. And my mom's like, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, this guy named Brian. And she's like, who's Brian? I'm like, uh, this guy I met online and she was digging and digging and I gave her nothing. <laughs> she and deserves so, it. She deserves it. She deserves it. And then we ended up meeting mid-December. He came down to Salt Lake. We went on our first date, but then we didn't see each other for like for three weeks because of the holidays. So did um, your mom know at Christmas around Christmas time? So it, it was actually right before new year's. I finally told them. So I was at my parents for Christmas and the new year, or sorry, I spent Christmas with the, with my parents and then um, with the new year as well. And I told my dad first and uh, I started crying when I told him I'm like, dad, I, you know, that letter. And he's like, oh my gosh, I told mom not to write that letter. And she did <laughs> because you know, Therese, she's very, she'll do what she, she's going to do what she wants. <laughs> she's very bold. Well, and to um, Kelly, your dad found out in December, right? that he had cancer. Yes. Yeah. So at this point, when I told him, we knew that he had cancer. Yes. Yeah. So he found out right before Christmas. Christmas. Yes. Yes. So when you told them, had you had already gone on a date with Curtis? Yes. We've met once in person. Okay. And every every night, either by phone or by FaceTime with that. And how was that first date? Did it feel natural? Did it feel just like a continuation of your phone conversations? Yeah. Yeah. It it was really fun. It was. (laughs) Okay. So then what happened after that? So I, well, I I told my parents and my mom was just so excited. You know, (laughs) she was, she was really excited. And then we, well, and part of the reason we didn't get together was I had gone. I had made the choice to go with my kids to uh, my late wife's family in Ohio for Christmas. And we were there for two weeks. And uh, so I, I didn't even get back close to her until early January. So. so then we saw each other and then we really did the try to see each other every weekend. Mm-hmm. So Curtis was living in Idaho. I was living in Utah. And so we would travel back and forth. Um, yeah, but that's second day we kind of knew that it was at least I did knew that it was pretty serious and uh I think we both didn't want to do the long distance relationship but we were like oh well we really like each other so <laughs> <laughs> so and we told each other oh sorry no please go ahead Kelly you say we told each other that we loved each other before <laughs> we even met the second time in person which is not like me at all I'm very much like you have to get to know the person. You don't go quickly. You, you know, you, you know them through all four seasons at least. Um, and we actually did know each other through all four seasons. If you stretch it before we got married. <laughs> so that was good. Um, yeah, then we just dated long distance dating. How did you, Curtis, how did you share with the children that you had felt strongly that you wanted companionship and you wanted them to have a mother? How did that go? How did you do that? Um, so I had told them back when I, but when I started dating or when I decided I was going to go start dating again, uh, that, Hey, this is kind of what I feel that is best for me and all of us. Um, and, and so, you know, they knew it was, it was coming. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I had gone on a, a date or two, um, before I even, before I even got the letter. So, um so so they knew they'd had that um I think what was different with Kelly was it was like okay this is for real and serious and so that's when we started talking about well how does she get introduced to the kids and what is good for the kids and for um making that introduction to you know because it's gonna it was a transition and you met the kids in February I think so, and I did get to meet her dad. So that was a blessing too. So, yeah. So how, what did you just went back and forth through the weekends through that first part of the year mm-hmm. yeah. and tell a little bit more about that. Did you just slowly integrate into the life of the family or how did you, 
How'd that go? Yeah, I was very nervous. I had never dated a widower before. I had dated men who had children, but a widower is a completely different experience because there is no ex-wife involved. Um, and the children have a mother, you know, and so do women in divorce situations, but this is different because her mother is deceased. So it's just, it's a different delicate situation. Uh, so I was extremely nervous. Um, so I just try to lightly everything, you know, I've listened to podcasts and read things about stepmotherhood and everything that I listened to just said, go at the pace of the children. Don't try to force your way into their life or force your way into things. And so I tried to do that in a very like, delicate way, just mm-hmm. going at their own pace, going at their pace. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was there around Easter. So I took the girls Easter dress shopping or, you know, we play games, go to their dance recitals, uh, cook food together, play baseball outside, mm-hmm. go on walks. Um, my co- I have a cousin who lives near Curtis and so I would stay with her. Uh, and so that was kind of fun to be able to see her. And then I um, would spend the days and evenings with Curtis and his kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I would, my mom was, has been very supportive through the whole thing and she would come stay with my kids so I could go down and visit Kelly, uh, on the weekends. Cause we, we tried to split it, you know, but some weeks she'd come up here and then there'd be weeks I'd go down there. So, um, it was, we put a lot of miles on our car and we certainly <laughs> earned a lot of FaceTime. Uh, so. Okay. So Curtis, actually, I'm really glad you brought that up. How did you let your parents know, look, I think I'm in love. I, I, <laughs> I mean, how did you tell them? Um, I, I think the, that first day I didn't tell my parents, you know, again, similar to Kelly, like I didn't want to get my parents hopes up. Um, and, and um, my mom, uh, like I said, has been very supportive. Um, and I, you know, I think, I don't know, the third or fourth time I asked my mom to come up and watch the kids, I, I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm seeing somebody in Utah and kind of just explained the story to her and, and said, you know, I, I think she's a really good one. And, you know, this is where I'm at. <laughs> so, um, that's basically how I broke it to, to my mom. And then, you know, obviously my mom told my dad and, and from there it just spread it within my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So when did you, because in this process too, your dad, Kelly was passing away. And so you were going through a lot of, you know, probably I'm sure a lot of emotional stuff too, with that. So how did you navigate knowing that you found love and but also your father is not going to make it yeah (laughs) um I don't know how gracefully I did that (laughs) but it was it was heartbreaking um my dad got diagnosed with cancer in December and passed away early April and uh it was really important to me that Curtis met him at least once while he was still healthy. And, and we took a trip down to St. George in January. So my dad was still walking and driving and talking. And so that was a huge blessing. Uh, Can I tell my yeah. story? Let's <laughs> meeting. So you kind of look like Curtis, you've kind of got the Paul vibes. <laughs> You're not the only one that says he looks like a, yes. a family member. When I saw um, you on the camera, I was like, oh, Paul. <laughs> so for those of you who don't, obviously you can't see us, but like my dad is bald and Curtis is also bald. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Curtis. No, uh, so we, she, she felt really strongly and I did too, that I should meet her dad. Um, Cause we, it was progressing fairly quickly and so late January I went down to St. George uh, for a long weekend and uh, it was one of those at that point I think we you know we told each other we loved each other we knew it was serious and uh, I, I had jokingly said to her I'm like hey you know maybe I'll ask for I'll talk to your dad about your hand in marriage you know and <laughs> uh, her, her response was oh no you can't do that yet you know <laughs> And uh, there was a, the last day that I was there, 
And Paul and I had just got in the car together and, and went for a drive. And we, we, it was probably, what, hour and a half, two-hour drive, just around. He just showed me Snow Canyon, and he went and drove around. And, and we just talked. And um, it, to me, I'm grateful for that experience that um, we got to have that little bit of time. And there was one point I, you know, I... Kelly texted me and said, Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And I, I knew she was nervous that I had, you know, asked something. And I, I never did because I told her I wouldn't. But um, for me, it was a really uh, special experience that really the only time I got to have that one on one. And we really talked about Kelly and how great she was and um, how much for me, like, I knew instantly how much. Um, positivity and light she had um and, and that's one, one of her great attractive qualities um and it was just a special car ride it's one that i'll cherish for all my life so so i i think that was a i know for, for kelly that was definitely uh something that helped her through that i did get to meet her dad so yeah, I did text him though and said, while they were on that car ride, I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, oh, go yeah. ahead, Kelly. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, having Curtis's support during all that was monumental for me. I had never had anyone to lean on like that before, you know, anyone besides a family member. And so he was incredibly supportive. And I, put extra miles on my car because I was going down to St. George a lot and then going up to Idaho. And I mean, I did a lot of driving in the spring of this year. Um, cause I wanted to spend as much time with my dad as possible. Um, and so one of the last things I said to my dad was, you know, you're not going to be at my wedding. And, uh, he looked at me, sorry. <laughs> and he's like, I'll be there. And I, you know, we got married in September and I know that he was there, you know, we had a civil wedding and we also had a, a temple ceiling and I know that he was at both of them. Um, but it was a really sweet experience because my brothers were able to walk me down the aisle at our civil ceremony. And that was just really special. Um, and I know they, they took that as a really big honor and, you know, kind of fill in my, my dad's place, oh. but you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, uh, you know, uh, to go through something like that. And I think, it gives me more empathy to know what Curtis's kids have been through. You know, uh, the Curtis's youngest, our five-year-old, he's still processing a lot. I mean, he lost his mom when he was four. And uh, every once in a while, he'd come up to me and say, Kelly, did your dad die? And I'll say, yeah, he did. Okay. And then he runs off and plays with his cars, you know. Um, oh, he'll be like, who's my mom again? Oh, yeah, she died. Okay, you know he just is processing things, and and I, I I mean I'm an adult who lost my parent. It's completely different than a five year old, a nine year old, a twelve year old, a sixteen you know sixteen year old. But I I wouldn't wish on any on anyone. But I I'm grateful that I can have that kind of empathy with with the kids. Yeah. Well, and I'd say too that time we we knew we liked each other and we we loved each other and through that, like it, it actually, I think it helped us have a better connection and a deeper love and understanding for each other too. Cause you know, we both had had, you know, something very, I'll say tragic in our lives happen in a fairly short time from each other. And so it was a chance for us. I feel like it really helped us connect with each other better. And um, I think it just helped our bond get stronger, so. God is so merciful. His tender mercies are just incredible. So when did you propose to Kelly? Um, oh, that's a pop quiz, isn't it? Um, in May. It was in May. She's just, yeah, mid-May. So. Yeah, okay. We and our, when did, go ahead. What were you going to say, Curtis? I say we went on a hike near here and uh, I had. Near Idaho, yeah. Near, near yeah, near Rigby and. I was getting a ring we had kind of picked out a design and my uncle actually is a jeweler and um, she wasn't expecting me to 
asked the question until later, but he got me the ring faster than I expected. So we went on a hike and I surprised her. So. <laughs> wow, Kelly, what was that like? Not knowing you're going to get it at that point and then receiving it. What was that like for you? Uh, it was awesome because I was wearing like workout clothes and tennis shoes. You know, you want to be a little fancier, <laughs> but it was so great. We, it was up in the mountains. I love the mountains. It was beautiful. And uh, <laughs> he asked me to marry him. And I said, no, no way. Oh my gosh. Right now. I'm like, no, no. I mean, yes, but oh my gosh. And I just, I, of course, I just kind of blubbered out. No, it was the first thing, but it was only because I was taken off guard and super surprised. And then I just like stared at my ring for hours afterward. <laughs> and we went to the, the girls uh, dance recital that night. We both just kept like looking at each other, you know, thinking, just think, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, like this actually happened. We're actually engaged. We're getting married. Nice. And so we're you getting go married. Curtis, what were you going to say? All the oh, oh, sorry. I was just to say, my mom knew about it beforehand. Okay. She brought the ring out from Burley um, area. So she knew it was coming because she came up for the girls' dance recital. So she knew it was coming. She was super excited when we came back from the hike. So. <laughs> and Kelly, what were you going to say? Oh, and his mom has been nothing, his parents have been nothing but supportive. Every time I talk to his mom, she gets teary-eyed, you know, just how grateful she is. And uh, yeah, she's just, she's very, very supportive and loving. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone, of course, misses Missy, you know, Curtis's late wife. Um, and I'm, I know I'm going to meet her someday, you know. Um, and so it's a little nerve wracking going into a family where someone so beloved has been lost, you know, has, has passed away. Uh, but they've been nothing but receptive and supportive and loving. So how did you decide, because here you had a career in Salt Lake City and you're going to move to Rigby, Idaho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how, what, what, what were those conversations like? I mean, was it a simple decision? Was there uh, negotiation on different things or what was what was that like for you so I'm a list maker and so on our phones you know you can share notes um and so we started making a list of everything that we needed to discuss and decide and talk about and the list got longer and longer you know finances where do we live are we building a home are we buying a home which city are we living in are we uprooting the kids or who's you know are they moving to Salt Lake am I moving to Idaho you know, talk about, I mean, so many different things. How do we raise children? What are our ideas on discipline? And, you know, all these things. Ultimately, I think we both felt really strongly. That, let me just say, Curtis is amazing and he is super supportive of my career as well. And so he's, he said, oh, I'll, we'll move down to Utah. And I even have been looking at property and we can live here. And, but ultimately we both felt really strongly that the kids had had enough change in their lives and they needed some continuity um it would it would be better for the children to stay in rigby um we both decided however that it wasn't in the best interest of our marriage or our relationship for me to move into their house and so we did move across town uh, across town in rigby so um the high schooler still goes to the same school but the two middle kids did end up changing schools so we are in a new neighborhood a new ward some, you know sc new school so it has been a change but at least we're in the same town we're next to family mm -hmm. um we weren't uprooting them and moving them to a different state so ultimately it was the kids doing what the best interest of the kids is what motivated me to make the changes yeah and we both felt really strongly about that that part of the decision so yeah. Sometimes I question it when I go to work and she stay home. But. <laughs> yeah. So I have had a career, right? I mean, for right. 20 years. And so I quit my job and sold my house and moved to Rigby, Idaho, where I never thought I would live. Um, and we bought a house together. Um, and so now we're just in lots of new terrain that we're mm -hmm. navigating. I mean, I, being a stepmom is a whole new ball game and um so it's been a lot of learning Kelly learning. can you talk about that a little bit like um what are some things that you um there are pleasant surprises that you didn't expect and then things that you thought would be quite different and they turn they're they're just more a little bit challenging to figure out 
those some special things, um, you know, I've had some, the five-year-old who has said some really cute things. Like I, I get a, he's an afternoon kindergarten and I'm, I'm staying home. I am working from home now. I started a part-time job working from home. So I'm really excited about that, but, um, I get mornings with him just, you know, the two of us and, um, I had a special bond with him. And the other night I was tucking him into bed and he's like, Kelly, do you know who I love? And I said, who do you love? Do you love your dad? Do you love your mom? You know, going through the list, he's like, I love you. And it was just so, just so sweet and tender, you know, that kids are so adaptable and they need someone just to love them. And so I'm, that's been really special for me. Um, I think what's hard, and I've had moments like that with all the kids, you know, um, little special moments here or there. I, I think what's most difficult, I explained it to Curtis in this way, uh, there's a party that's been going on for 20 years and you just got invited, right? And so you have to figure out what's the culture of this party? Who are, you know, where do I fit in? What's the communication style? I mean, there's this thing that's been happening for a long time and you've just got invited. And so you have to figure out where your place is. And it's been tricky. Uh, it's been really tricky. We've had a lot of crucial conversations. Uh, Curtis is an amazing communicator and helps me understand my feelings better as well. Um, so I think that's probably been the hardest thing is where do I fit in? What is my place? Cause I'm not replacing their mom. They have a mom. Um, I, but I want to make sure they feel nurtured and loved and supported. Yeah. Curtis, what are, what are your thoughts about that? I think, um, part of the decision to not move down there, right. Was, uh, there's also the realization that that meant Kelly's friend groups and all that stuff that she, she lived in the Salt Lake area for 16 plus years and had this network of people and support. And that was the downside of that decision was now she comes up here and she doesn't get to do a lot of the things that, um, or, or be with those people. And if, if you know Kelly, she loves being with her friends and, um, she, that's really where I, I think she shines the most is in those friends and in those social gatherings. And so um, <clears throat> I think that's going into it. I, I was like, okay, we got to do uh, all the things to try and make it uh, as much of not just our life, but her life in it as part of it too, you know, <clears throat> and that was a big factor for, Hey, this is why we're going to move. And this is why we're going to, uh, choose to be you know somewhere different in the area um and so that this is just as much ours and just as much kelly's life as it is ours so um i think what she said she does great at it. i mean there's a lot of blessings that have come because she's been in our lives um and uh for me the she just brings uh, to me so much peace and happiness. Uh, she's a really great communicator too. You know, if, she, if something's bothering her, she'll tell me and that's great. Um, or if something's good, uh, she'll talk to me about that too. And she really dug in and that's been the blessing, just dug in and tried to connect with the kids and tried to help them, you know, kind of get settled again into a semi-normal life. And, and I think that's, um, really the greatest blessing of having Kelly and her family again. Because um, unfortunately for me, you know, I still have to have a, a job and I still have to do that. And um, it helps me now that she's here, she can say, hey, um, you know, I've got this and you can spend time with the kids. And, and that's been really helpful too, so. So Kelly, what is one of the gifts you see in Curtis that you really love and appreciate? So many. I think what initially attracted me to him was his ability to forgive his neighbor. Uh, he's a little bit humble, but that was the whole premise of the People Magazine article, uh, was this kind of tragic story turned into a kind of a feel-good story, right? Where tragedy happened, but Curtis is able to forgive. And so his humility and a 
ability to forgive was I think initially what attracted me to him once I finally read the article and I you know learned his story <laughs> okay so initially and then there's a million other things since then but yeah initially and Curtis what about you what's one I know there's many too with Kelly I can tell she's Teresa's daughter and she's gonna have a lot of gifts so what's one gift that you just really love and appreciate about her um I think um Kelly it for me what really attracted me to her initially was uh I mentioned it earlier just how much light and goodness uh she has and exudes um and, and it bleeds through everything in, in what she does you know she she's organized she makes lists which I also make lists so that that part of both of us um uh works well for both of us but because of her goodness and that light it just leads through everything I mean how she communicates how she interacts with people it's just from a place of she's doing it because she's good not because she's trying to manipulate anybody or anything it's just that's the right thing to do and I think that's a testament to both of her parents of how you know how well they raised her and then like her Kelly's choices of hey like she said earlier just choosing to be happy so that's wonderful well um the last question that I always ask my guests that I'm interviewing is and this is going to be a two-part for you two because you're together so how do you seek light personally on a regular basis or daily basis and then how do you seek light as a couple so Kelly, let's start with you. How do you seek light personally? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think for me is through connecting with other people. So I'm, like Curtis said, I'm very social. I'm an extrovert. That's where I get my energy. And so I love connecting and under people's, understanding people's stories and also through service, I would say. Um, that's when I'm, probably at my happiest, you know, when I'm able to serve other people and, uh, in an authentic way. Um, also I haven't been always very good at this, but journal writing has also been something where I can like reflect. Um, my sister gave me something cause she knows I'm probably not a good journal writer, but it's one of those where you just write a sentence a day, a couple sentences a day. And that was just really nice for me to be able to like track what's going on in my life, you know, and, uh, journaling has been really helpful so I'd say connecting with other people serving with other people helps me feel closer to my heavenly father um and so that's one way that I seek light okay Curtis how about you how do you personally seek light um for me um it is just no matter what happens finding and seeing our heavenly father's hand in whatever happens you know people talk about silver linings and, and for me it's that's just the way I would say I I'm programmed <laughs> is okay what's the good in this what you know even if a person may not be the best person like that I've had bad experiences with them I'm still can see the hey so-and-so has got these great qualities you know uh or even like uh the whole situation of what's happened in my life in the last two years, uh, just seeing how much of a blessing it was uh, for my neighbor to, to realize that, hey, um, this isn't the end of our lives, you know, um, and, and getting to meet Kelly and Mary Kelly, you know, those are, seeing those blessings um, and seeing the good despite whatever else might be going on, that's, that's where I, get my light so and can I piggyback just really quickly on Curtis what you said Curtis uh, you know one thing I think through our story and through our experience is one thing we've realized is that God is aware of the details of our lives mm. I mean there's no way this could have happened <laughs> without his influence and his power and his love and his mercy and I think sometimes at least for me I I, I've questioned that through my life. You know, does he really understand what I'm going through right now? Doesn't he know that this kind of stinks? Like what's happening in my life? You know, especially for me, you know, I, 
I had such a righteous desire to be married all of those years, you know, and to have my own children. And I'm not going to have my own children, my own biological children. And, uh, you know, I didn't get married to my, to my early forties. And sometimes it felt like you forgot me. And then I was forgotten. Um, every once in a while when you have those kind of down moments, but, uh, this has been such a huge testimony builder, I think for me and for both of us that he really is aware of the details of our lives. Yeah. And I'd like to piggyback onto that, that, you know, there's a talk by elder Holland about a mother's love. Do you know which talk I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think it's also a testament to a mother's love, your mom's love for you and her, um, inspiration through the spirit to take action because <laughs> she's a woman of action. That's for sure. She is. And she just felt so compelled. She, yes. So I'm, so how do you two as a couple seek light together? Well, I think for me, just us being together is very uh, rewarding. And I often say, man, I wish I'd have to you know, when Monday rolls around, man, I wish I had to go to work because that means I have to leave you, you know. Um, I think that, for me, that's one of the ways we get that together. I think we both, um, I'll say, feel light of each other. Um, and I think both of us are, we like to do things, just good things, do things with kids and, you know, do what we can. And I think that's one of the ways that we feel like together. Yeah, I think we, not perfect at it, but having like couple at night, you know, having prayer together has been really helpful and beneficial. And just like counseling together mm -hmm. um, and talking about things. Making um, decisions, taking actions, like what are we going to do as a family? What are we going to, you know, we had to decide chores. And I think that was very, you know, hey, this is what we're gonna do with kids and have chores and here's how we run the house. So you know, we've had to build all new systems, mm -hmm. right? As a new because not only are we newlyweds, but we're newlyweds with four children. And a new <laughs> and, house. And a new house and all these new things. So I think praying together, counseling together has been really crucial critical. Yeah. Crucial and critical. Well, I want you both to know that even though this is the first time we've officially met. <laughs> I have so much joy in my heart that you found each other and that your lives were, um, prayers were answered and lives were blessed because the two of you came together. And because of those that were involved in your life before Kelly with your mom and dad, Paul and Therese and Curtis with your wife, Melissa, and you know, your parents and the love that you received. So I just want to thank the both of you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your story. It's such a beautiful story. Thank, thank you. you. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.